Is any publicity good publicity for a tech company? As one of the most competitive industries in the world, organizations in the technology sector face an ever-adapting environment, one that sees relentless innovation from any and all major players who hope to stay relevant with tech-savvy consumers. So how does a company stay relevant and break through the clutter when it comes to getting their name out there, staying front of mind for major industry publications, and getting the kind of publicity and buzz a tech company really needs to thrive? Well, let's talk about it. Hey everyone, welcome to Momentum, a podcast by Jotform, where we talk about the technology, productivity tips, best practices, and strategic insights that help us move forward in business and in life. I'm Elliot, your host, and I'm here with Jotform's Director of Communications, Annabelle Maul, to talk about a few of these questions and how they relate to her role at Jotform. Annabelle, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Hey, Alia, it's great to be here. Sweet. So you are obviously our director of communications. And I think one of the first things to address simply is that the nature of your your role here and what you do day in and day out at Jotform. Uh, director of communications, I think, is a, is a broad term probably by design. So I think it'd be helpful for listeners to first understand what exactly a director of communications at a 300 person technology company does on a broader level before we dive into the nitty gritty. Sure, yeah. Um, well, I guess to kind of start things off, I've been at Jotform now for three and a half years. Um, I was one of like the original marketing hires with our core marketing team here in San Francisco. Including Chad Reed, so you're part of the OG team. Exactly, yeah. So I think because of that, um, I've kind of had my hands in basically like all kinds of marketing projects. And so my role now is definitely focused on communications, but I still do a lot of odds and ends stuff, um, other marketing work and stuff. So it's not completely communications focused. There's still some marketing kind of. Yeah, for sure. Well. Um, though communications is marketing, marketing is communications and, and vice versa. Fun tidbit. Annabelle actually used to have my job at the company. So she used to be marketing communications manager. And now she has moved on to bigger and better things as director of communications. So congratulations for that. Uh, <laughs> but how would you say a PR slash communications role at um, a tech company specifically differs from a similar role in another industry. I think you used to work in like nonprofit before this. So how, how do you say the, the differences? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'd say, I mean, yeah, each industry is going to be way different than the next. Um, I'd say tech is really focused on um, kind of SEO, how many hits you can get online, um, how much traffic you can bring back to your website. Um, nonprofit, for example, was a lot of like coordinating celebrity volunteerships mm -hmm. and getting actual media uh, reporters and cameramen to come on site and film what was happening and then get your organization placed on like the local TV news and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, and for this role too, um, it's a lot of email pitching. It's a mm -hmm. lot of trying to get these big tech crunch reporters to talk about us, which has gotten easier since um, Jotform is now becoming a bigger brand. Right. But it was, you know, something that we, we pitched them for nine years and didn't you know get anything up until recently so it's definitely hard in that sense too yeah for sure well how how was your sort of transition into the technology sector specifically for communications did you kind of have to start from the ground up do a lot of research into okay what what actually does drive those hits for for tech companies like kind of i, I imagine it's a lot of reframing and reshifting a lot of things you've kind of learned in marketing up till this point yeah for sure i, I i'm really fortunate because uh, Dropform works with two PR agencies. Mm -hmm. And so they 
are kind of like my guide in a sense. Like they sure. are so uh, have their pulse on what's happening, you know, at every second, what the new news is and how Jawform can be integrated into those conversations. And so um, they'll kind of like give us tips on like what's happening um, on our end. You know, we have our Jotform trends dashboard that we can look at to see what kind of forums are popular. So right now sure. weddings are coming back. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's a huge uh, different target for us to kind of focus on. Yeah, a lot of people had to delay their wedding last year. Sorry, yeah. everyone. But uh, summer 2021, that's when the hitching is happening. Exactly. Um, so let's kind of start from, I guess, the beginning of the process. You mentioned pitching for, for you know, listeners who might not have an idea kind of what that entails. Can you talk a little bit about the purpose of it, kind of how you craft that and sort of what we're hoping to gain out of it? Sure. Yeah. Um, to me, pitching is an art form, to be completely honest. Um, every pitch is different and mm -hmm. it's, it's a very... Um, complex process, to be honest, because you start with, um, I guess, the vertical that you're targeting. So um, I guess if we're launching a new no-code tool and no-code oh. is our, our target and these reporters, um, you start by crafting a list of people who specialize in that. And if their beat is no-code, then they get added to the list. And then from there, like the real stalking kind of begins. So like you go on Twitter, uh, social media, see like what they do, uh, who they are as a person. And then once you get like the gist of that, then you can kind of start crafting it and and tailor it to, to uh, I guess, like to their own selves, right? Like if they're mm -hmm. into something specific, then you include it in there. And the more personalized you can make it, the more likely they are to actually respond to you. And that's for the hardest sure. part, but it's a process. It takes a long time. A pitch can take up to 20 minutes for a good one. Yeah, to, to craft and by, by people in these verticals. So vertical is essentially just, industry or audience segment, like what our product is sort of uh, targeted towards. And then yeah. people, do you mean um, people who work at certain publications, at certain websites, or uh, sort of how do you identify um, how do you identify these people in the, in the first place? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we have a, a really powerful tool called Muckrack that we use. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, each it's hard to like give a, a specific answer because each kind of like campaign that we do is, is is different. Like sometimes I will target like just specific reporters focusing on one beat. Sometimes it's like the topic is a little bit more of like a guest post oriented one. So you can reach out to general uh, website, or, I'm sorry, general emails on the websites and stuff like that. But yeah, I'd say Muckrack is a really great tool for finding people who are reporters or websites that are relevant to what it is that you want to pitch. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you can have their email addresses, their their information, um, and then send out the pitch after that. Sure. And yeah, I think you make a good point about it being, has to be very relevant to, to what you're pitching because, you know, a, a job form tables tool like we launched last year, it's going to have a, a, a lot of vertical traction and, you know, project management type industries, or as the job form health app that we launched earlier this year, obviously you're not going to reach out to project management website for for something like that. So it's obviously being aware um, of kind of the tool you're pitching and and what kind of coverage you want. Um, would you say you do a lot of sort of generic just jot form in general pitching? Because I know we obviously do it around product launches. We normally have one every every month or so we, where we want to get the word out. But what about just sort of generic jot form awareness, like you're pitching jot form? Um, how, how much do you do that versus how much do you do specific like sort of product launch pitches? I'm, I never pitch just general jot form. Mm -hmm. It's always specific. There's always like some 
thing that always a niche, always a niche. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the cool thing about job firm is there's a million different use cases and yeah. so many industries that use us. You could really pitch anything kind of, it just has to be specific. Otherwise, sometimes reporters or websites don't really care because right. The, yeah. the generality, I, I see that as making your job both easy and difficult. Uh, because you you kind of have to take a broad concept and, and narrow it down to something specific and niche that they'll they'll want to talk about, and that's obviously where you mentioned you know um, stalking them quote unquote on uh, on their LinkedIn's and stuff like that. Jot form way stalk them. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about uh, the the type of posts that we do. So let's say a pitch is successful. I think it generally goes into one of two categories: paid and unpaid posts. Yes. Um, can you talk a little bit about sort of what we're what the optimum goal is, and then you know if it is a paid post, like what makes a paid post worth it? Sure. Yeah, I'd say. Um, in general, with PR, uh, it's the optimum goal is to get free coverage. <laughs> free coverage, yes. Yes. Um, PR. And I wouldn't say that like it, it boils down to like the pitch or like even the person behind the scenes who's like sending it out it, or whatever. I think like the industry has changed a lot and that like a lot of websites and reporters and people can they realize that like they can make money off of a guest post or something mm -hmm. like that. And so a lot of times like now you just kind of have to pay to play to get a placement. Yeah. Um, I think if you are a startup, that makes it really, really challenging to do PR because you do need to have a budget, right. like some money to kind of funnel into these posts. Um, but yeah, at Jotform, like we are pretty generous with our budgets. And so um, for me, I mean, it kind of depends on like what we're pitching exactly. If it's a really big like Jotform tables launch, for example, mm -hmm. and we want to get 15 hits, doesn't matter if they're paid or unpaid, we'll go up to maybe like $2,000 for a post. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I, I think if it's kind of something that's like not specific to what we're doing and it's just kind of and maybe some like smaller outreach and like, you know, another two thousand dollar post comes along, but it's not like this big thing, then we're probably not going to do it. Sure. I think that's a, a good point to highlight kind of the difference we were talking about earlier between um, PR at a tech company versus PR at sort of, you know, say a nonprofit where you, you want the local news station to come out and cover that amazing thing you're doing with animals as opposed to, you know, at a tech company, you, you need the SEO value, you need the, the internet quantity and the relevancy. So it is a lot of trying to get your product featured on certain sites attributed to certain names and to get that, you know, that SEO value and, yeah, I, I think that's an important difference between what we're trying to do as marchers as a tech company versus what um, marchers at other other types of industries end up doing because we do just need the internet relevance at the end of the day. And a lot of these sites have figured out, hey, we don't have to give it away for free. Um, and when it is free, that's great, but uh, it's not always the norm anymore. Um, so I definitely think that's how something's changed. I think for, for paid posts too, it's not just like on paying to get a post <coughs> on a site. Like there's a lot of other factors too. Like there's, you know, backlinks. Like are they going to give us a do follow link? Like is there a newsletter component? They're going to post their social channels. And if there's other parts to the piece, then it's way more worth it right if it's no, just yeah 100 yeah um so let's break through the clutter a little bit what is a backlink and what is a do follow link for listeners who who might not be aware and why is that valuable to us sure yeah so a backlink is um essentially just a link going back to your website to a blog something under your company's domain um a do follow link is 
kind of what everybody wants to get because mm -hmm. that'll give you the SEO juice, juice as they say. Mm -hmm. um, and those are much harder to get these days. Typically, you do have to pay to get a dofollow link unless like you're lucky and come across a site that doesn't monetize those. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, like Jotform, I think our domain is like in the 90s or something. So we we're pretty good at like SEO and, you know, getting links and kind of doing that whole thing. But PR definitely, though it's not quite like the outreach amplification part of it, it still does contribute to the backlinks. Yeah, 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 100%. Yeah, we'd probably be great if people were trying to, you know, as they do pitch us to be featured on our site, but obviously we're trying to get the word out about us. So it's like cart before the horse a little bit, which is always kind of the funny, funny balance in this business. And um, you mentioned a little bit earlier working with um, two external PR agencies. Can yes. you talk a little bit about sort of our decision to bring those on as partners um, where that can be a benefit and where uh, sort of their role ends and yours begins, how you guys work in tandem? Sure. Yeah. So uh, the one that we've been working with the longest is called Next PR. Um, they predate me, actually. I think they've been working with us for four or five years mm -hmm. now. Um, they're really great because since they've been working with us for so long, it's they they know the brand so well. They they know Idekin, our CEO. They know Chad, our VP of Marketing and Communications. Like, they know kind of like the angles that work and that don't. Um, they also have a really amazing list of contacts. And so they're really great for getting us into these uh, niche publications like HR, payments, um, education. Mm -hmm. And they also recently helped us land uh, an extra crunch contributed guest post from my CEO, Idekin, which has been Very cool. something that we've yeah, always been trying awesome. to do. Yeah. So that's a big deal for those of you who might not know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then our second one are pretty new. We brought them on, um, I think for the drop firm tables launch last fall. And so they're mostly just to kind of help us with launches and to kind of uh, get buzz in that sense. So they're not as much as like day-to-day -day pitching. They're more, they come on board kind of when we have something bigger that we want to make a splash in. For sure. So I, I feel like a, a two of the major reasons you would go with um, an external PR agency is one, just the extra you know manpower you get from being able to pitch. And two, just the established connections they yeah. already bring. Like they bring that repute and the rapport, like they they know people in the industry um, and can help give, you know, kind of a leg up, leg up compared to, you know, what you would be able to accomplish just pitching pitching on your own. So it's sort of the reputation a little bit more than, than anything else um, yeah. is and what brings them value. They're also too, just so up to date with everything that's happening. Like when Clubhouse was, you know, taking over headlines like a month or two ago, um, they immediately emailed us and they were like, Hey, like, do you guys want to get on Clubhouse? Do you need information? We have a blog ready to go. Like, so they're always really on it with yeah. everything that's happening. So that's why I love it too, because sometimes I miss stuff in the news and it's nice to have your human agency that, you know, can be like, Hey, actually this is important. <laughs> yeah. And that's, a, that's a sign of good agency when they're proactive and, yeah. and you can tell they're, they're very much vested in, in your best interest. Uh, do you ever run into problems managing like both of them or conflicts of interest or has that not really been an issue for you? Um, I'd say the biggest thing has just been uh, being transparent with both of them, like mm -hmm. letting them know that we are working with two and um, being really clear about like who's pitching what I think has been the most important thing. But sure. typically, like they, they know that, you know, we're doing it because we're trying to maximize press coverage and like I don't they don't take offense to that. Yeah, no, 100 percent. It helps them as well. You know, at the end of the day. Um, so another thing I've written here, I know you've talked about it before, and it's something that actually I would love to get some more explanation on as well, just kind of being on the periphery. But what is Harrow? 
H-A-R-O. Because I see that thrown around a lot, you know, in the PR, in the PR circles, and you guys talk about it. So I figured this would be good for me to learn and probably good for our listeners because uh, it seems to be a pretty big deal. But you want to elaborate on what exactly it is and best practices for it? Sure. Yeah. So Haro is defined as help a reporter out. It's essentially uh, this... I mean, it's an email digest where that I'll get as the pitch, the PR publicist person. But essentially, these reporters will have different uh, topics they're working on. And they'll have deadlines and they'll submit them to Harrow. Uh, and then Harrow sends out all of these uh, topics for us publicists to review and see if it makes sense for us to answer them as a thought leader. Uh, so is it is it a website? Is it a service? Yeah, so it's. It, I, I think it's considered a service. Actually, yeah. I'm like I've been doing it forever. I don't actually know the exact definition, but you sign up for it. It's really easy. Uh, give them your email and then like what topics you're interested in. So I think mine are business, finance, and tech. And then every day you'll get an email digest three times a day sent to your inbox, and you can review what reporters are looking to get commentary about. And then if it makes sense, if it's about B2B SaaS or like anything I can integrate drop from into, I, I respond and I can respond on behalf of myself, Chad, Idakin, um, other people on the team have also agreed to be part of it. So mm-hmm. I can respond on behalf of them as well. And then we get our ourselves out there as thought leaders. So the workflow would be um, publicist at like website is writing an article or a news reporter and just wants thought leadership about from someone in the technology sector about productivity or something like that. So they would make this query on Hero, and then that would be sent out to you, for instance. Is that kind yeah, of how it goes? Yeah, so it okay. could be like a publicist at a company. It could be a reporter. I've seen um, reporters from Forbes and Entrepreneur, CMS Wire, from like big publications too that will want commentary. And, you know, if you catch the Hero fast enough and you respond and they like your answer, you'll get in. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So what, so is that like, you know, what are some of the best practices for, you know, functionally utilizing this? Is it just being responsive and, and quick to it or? Yeah, typically it's, it's being quick. So like whenever they come in, I try to skim them and see if there's any that makes sense to answer. And then from there I have an intro. It's pretty simple. I think it's like, Hey, Annabelle here from Jotform, director of communications. Um, and then I say that how many users Jotform has and just a couple of facts to kind of get their attention. And then immediately after I go into my response, so that's like a paragraph or less typically. And then at the bottom, you include um, your personal information, the link back to your website, and then like title and stuff like that. And so it's kind of like a, a, if you templatize, it, you can go really fast and it takes maybe like five minutes to respond to each one. Gotcha. How yeah. many would you say you do throughout the course of a week? It depends on the week, honestly. Um, if there's not a ton of pitching happening happening for like a big product launch, I'll do more of them. Okay. Um, if it's a busy week, then I probably will try to do like one or two. Interesting. Okay. Well, that is helpful for me to know. That's uh, that's good stuff. So, uh, what do you do if you're not securing placements? If you're if you're struggling a little bit, sort of, how do you kind of turn that around? Or what are strategies you you use if um, you know people aren't picking up what you're what you're putting out there? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, actually, I think like that's really when Harrow does come into. Mm-hmm does come in to help a lot because like there's stuff to pitch every single day that comes in to your email. So like, even if you don't get it, at least like you're actively pitching and you're practicing. 
Um, I think like for JotForm too, it's cool because we have the trends dashboard, like I mentioned earlier. So like I can go on there and if I'm not landing anything for like a week, I can go in and be like, okay, well, what else is trending in JotForm? Like what else can I try to pitch? Um, I think if you're mildly established to established, you'll probably have some contacts already who know you. Right. You can always reach out to them and just see if they're interested in like working with you on something. So um, those are probably like my three tips is what I would do. Or if you're lucky and have an agency, of course, you could be like, hey, like, you know, can we kind of collaborate and figure out how to get yeah. some more placements? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and that's the eternal struggle of PR in general. And as you kind of mentioned at the beginning, it gets obviously easier the, the larger your company's ecosystem gets. Yeah, so pitching, sure. I'm sure, is much easier now, now that we have, you know, um, X amount of user, X amount millions of users than it was, you know, three and a half years ago when you joined the company and uh, far fewer people had actually heard of JotForm. Because um, you got to think of it from the perspective of publications, you know, they, they want to bring in the big names as well. Um, so hopefully that's something that continues to get easier and easier sort of as our user base and as, as our ecosystem ecosystem grows. So thing too, though, I wanted to just mention quickly is I, I think a lot of times companies want to get like the tech crunches and the Forbes and the entrepreneurs, which are all great, but there's so much value in the smaller publications too. Like mm -hmm. if your audience is like HR, education, nonprofit, say, and you know, you can get placements in those, like that's where you're probably going to get the most traffic and the most conversions from those sites compared to a TechCrunch or a Forbes. Yeah, for sure. Those are those are the big publications where you can almost get lost a little bit and they can almost be a little bit more general as opposed to, yeah, we, we have some products that are great for specific educational or HR resources and people who look up those pu publications are probably going to be very proactive and you know trying to find solutions so yeah, yeah that's exactly. a, that's a great point so you mentioned um muckrack a little bit uh sort of as something that helps you manage uh, manage your pr efforts um are there any other sort of technologies or pr management platforms that you use or anything additional to talk about when it comes to muckrack um, yeah, I mean, I freaking love Muckrack for so many reasons. Um, I think the biggest thing for me was that this year we really wanted to add some more metrics to our PR as much as we could. And so Muckrack allows us to do that. Um, we can put in all of the hits that we are, that we count at JotForm, um, basically upload them to their coverage report and they'll go through and just automatically create a report that talks about like sentiment. Uh, it talks about, um, like how many placements you have, like what the engagement was like per article, the journalist shares, uh, they have a bunch of other different like metrics you can add to it, which makes it great because before we didn't really have any way of measuring anything we were doing. And of course, like that's not always, it's not good to not be able to measure what you're yeah. doing. <laughs> yeah. So that's been my favorite part of it. And it's also so easy to find email information too. I mean, that was always a struggle. Um, I can talk more about that later too, but what we used before Muckrack, but um, yeah, it's just, it's really simple to use and it's totally worth the money for anybody who's looking for a platform. Muckrack, there you go. Um, no, that's that, that's helpful. Are there any other sort of technologies you kind of use or, or platforms that you recommend? Um, that's kind of my only one for now. I'd say um, in addition to that, like Muckrack uh, has a bunch of alerts, or not a bunch, but they have alert systems that you can set up. Um, I'd say it's really good to set up alerts on TalkWalker, on Google, and um, on, what was the other one that I used? Google Alerts, TalkWalker, and there's one more. Um, no, it's, 
I don't remember, but there's <laughs> there's other alert size that you can use. And definitely, I think sign up for as many as you can, because a lot of times like one will show up on one email thread and one will show up sure. on another one and they're not all the same. Right, right. Yeah. Having having a central place to actually be able to collaborate, all that would be useful. So he needs to invent that. Um, so this one wasn't even necessarily on the list, but I think it's an interesting thing to bring up that I just thought about. I think for, for Jotform, we generally, and for most tech companies, I guess, most companies in general, there are sort of two types of PR. There's the PR with tied to our integral product, like what can Jotform bring you, Jotform tables, what can it do? But there's also the thought leadership PR where Idekin, you know, for instance, our, our CEO will publish an article in, in Forbes or, or wherever, um, sort of speaking to his experience as, you know, a tech entrepreneur. Um, and that also gives Jotform quite a bit of um, credibility and and vice versa. So in your opinion, sort of what's the what's the divide between that? Would you say one has higher priority, like the kind of thought leadership PR versus the, oh, we have job form tables that can do X, Y, Z. Um, how do you think about those two sort of different versions? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think that leadership to me is a little bit more important uh, because it's it, it's more human, right? Mm -hmm. Like Eidekin's talking about a struggle that he has, a business struggle and how he solved it. And that's inspirational. And that's like, oh, okay, wow, I can actually like digest that and apply that to my life. And we've gotten really, really, really good traction and brand awareness from his mm -hmm. thought leadership pieces. I think the product is obviously super important too, but I, I almost think that's more of like a marketing initiative, right? Like putting out ads about the product and what it can do, um, unless it's something like really, really like, as we say, job form, like it's a sexy job form product, like job form tables kind of yeah. was. Um, that one, like, I think is, is cool because like we were competing against like Airtable and Google tables and like that actually had some meat to it. For sure. Whereas like, if I'm talking about like a new appointment field, like that's gonna be really important to our users, but not to probably anybody else who doesn't know the product already. Right, no, 100%, that's that's a good point. And the thought leadership stuff that, that crosses industries, right? Like it, it's not even tech, it's just like these are, best principles for you know growing a company and getting getting that success and getting to where you are so you yeah, know yeah. that's that's very interesting and um, yeah it's a lot of the the main topics i had down are there any sort of other things that we didn't really cover here that you think is worth bringing up uh or or mentioning or talking about in relation to to your role and you know kind of our public relations efforts in general yeah that's a that's a good question um I think this interview has been pretty comprehensive. I, I just say like, you know, for any of like the new PR people, um, just read as much as you can. There's a lot of really good websites out there. There's really good newsletters. I, I subscribe to like basically everything that they have, like PR Newsweek. Um, I'm trying to open my email to like find the other ones, but there's so many that I don't even know the names. Um, mm -hmm. but <laughs> Didn't you take a PR course too or something like that? I did. Yeah. I think, yeah, just continuing your education, um, potentially finding a mentor, like joining the communities. I've joined like all of the LinkedIn groups, connect with other people, other communications people, other PR people. Um, yeah, I think just grow your network and, and keep learning because that's how um, you're going to get better at it. 
Awesome. There you have it from Director of Communications at Jotform itself, Annabelle Ma. Well, thank you very much for joining us. It was great to have you on the show. Um, yeah, I appreciate your time. Uh, tune in next time when we talk about something I don't know because I haven't thought of the next topic, so we'll get there soon. But, <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, and Elliot. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.